0: Hello and welcome to the Pinnacle Podcast, brought to you by Pinnacle.com, the online bookmaker that offers you low margins, high limits, and a unique winner's welcome policy. The world of sport has all but ground to a halt in recent weeks, and in the lull of activity, one thing has surged in popularity, esports. From viewers on Twitch, active gamers on Steam, Xbox, and PS4, through to betting volume on esports markets, the popularity of online gaming has really gone through the roof. So, over the next week, we're going to be giving you exclusive insight into the esports industry. We're covering every aspect from bookmakers, bettors, data providers, content creators, and event organisers. If you want to learn more about esports, this podcast really is the place to do it. What better place to start this Pinnacle Podcast esports special than with a bookmaker? Today, I'm joined by Marco Bloom, Trading Director at Pinnacle. How are you, Marco?
1: For well, quite well. How are you doing, Ben?
0: Yeah, I'm good. I'm excited to get back in the back in the podcast game after a bit of a break. But good to go and excited to to tell the audience more about esports, which I'm sure you are as well.
1: Oh yeah, esports been my passion for the longest time. And uh, yeah, sad, sad circumstances, but esports is, is shining now. Yeah. Only 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 sport that's really really has any any action going left.
0: Yeah, obviously we've we've had you on the podcast quite a few times before. We've we've tended to focus on what we'll call traditional sports. And there has been a few questions that have arose about esports. but to get us started there, you kind of just said that it's, it's one of your big, your big passions. So tell us about your kind of history with esports sports and, and what initially sparked that interest in the first place.
1: When I grew up, uh, doing during the 90, 90 1996, 1994, that was the time when the internet, came around where where, where i lived so i I was i was involved in the early days of the internet as a user you know and and quickly discovered gaming my my big passion in esports came with a, a game quake 2 you know quite quite a huge huge first person shooter back in the day huge audience and i played this at an actually very high level this is the time where people had modems and you know connection issues were were rampant. It's a very different day, you know, but I I do remember going on LAN parties, carrying my laptop and huge CRT monitors around, and yeah, you know, like I've 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 been playing video games and especially competitive video games, you know, way before they were called esports. You know, I guess nowadays if I if I would grow up in in today's time, I'm, Probably would would try to become an esports professional. I just love playing video games. You know, when, when, when they're this competitive and you know, there's so much strategy to them. There's there's so much more than just fast reaction. I'm a, I'm a big esports fan myself.
0: Yeah, I've obviously spoken to you a couple of times in the in and around the office or, or on the podcast as well. I know you've we've spoken about kind of Magic the Gathering being a passion of yours. I know you you played poker to a high level before. I think. Nowadays, you're more inclined to to play board games, but but where does where does esports kind of sit in terms of your passions? Is it is it number one for you?
1: No, it's not number one anymore. I'm, I'm getting too old for it, you know. Like as, as a player, you know, I don't want to I don't want to be, you know. You have to invest quite a lot of time, you know. But I, I'm just I, I'm pretty sure if, if I would grow up now, I would probably just play esports nonstop, you know. But stay. You know, remember, everybody, stay in school and all that stuff. You know, don't 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 throw your life away. Then uh, trying to chase the dream. I, I just know I would have tried.
0: And with the you said Quake 2 there. What when you when you were at a high level? Are we talking competitive for for big money or big money in those oh, days? Shall we say, or was yeah, it more really just kind
1: uh, Yeah. Well, I played it at, at a European league. But there was almost no money to be made, and you know, there were a few notable people who actually made money with Quake Two. But you know, we, I guess most mostly you, you almost had to be in the States, you know, and certainly you had to play LAN parties. Nothing was online. It, it's just a different time. I mean, there were teams back then, and and some of these teams actually who, who were created back then are still active today. But you, know, you can't compare what what was happening back then to what was happening back then, you know, nowadays.
0: We'll get on to, we'll get onto the. Um... The, the current scene and just how big it's got and people filling out stadiums and stuff like that so back then were the were the people going just the people that were playing the games or did you actually have like an audience and stuff like that as well
1: No the games that I played in there was no audience it, it was it was yeah a small area small small venues as well nothing was set up greatly just a very different time in, in, in the world. The internet itself was was not that old. I mean, I, I remember having like LAN parties, you know, where you had to connect to the local network, you know, and and weren't connected to the internet. I mean, that's that's inconceivable to 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 this day.
0: And what kind of obviously you can kind of speak from a, a quake to background, but what kind of skill sets were required or or are required as a a high level esports player? Is it just reaction speed and things like that? Can you is it dependent on each game? I guess.
1: Yeah, so 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 that's that's the first thing that people think, right? You think about a shooter, you know, you think about action speed, you know, like like a, a, how 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 twitchy can you be? But in reality, you know, the strategic element, you know, like all, knowing how the map plays out, controlling your opponent. That's, that has nothing to do with with, with these kind of you know twitchy you know physical attributes at the high level you know everybody everybody's a great shooter and everybody has great reflexes but the people who, who are smarter and, and can outplay the opponent those are the people who you will see win more more games
0: and I think one of the things we're probably going to do a lot on this podcast and what people tend to do is use the term esports to to talk about what is quite a very complex um, like title laden industry in terms of the number of games and stuff like that that are available so before we get too far into an esports special podcast can we maybe talk a little bit about the the types of esports games that that people play and that people can bet on
1: yeah i mean you you have your classic first person shooters you know counter-strike being being the the biggest in, in that genre but you have others like rainbow six you have uh Call of Duty, you know, there's a few of these classic first-person shooters. Then you have your MOBAs, you know, League of Legends, uh, Dota being the big ones. You have, you have a, a lot of uh, esports circled around uh, sports, FIFA probably the biggest one, you know, and then you have a, a bunch of others, you know, like like minor esports, you know, Rocket League, you know, being something something unique, you know. There's, but Esports as you said is, is quite broad in what it gives. There's there's the uh, the Battle Royale games, Fortnite, PUBG, you know, that's another that's another genre.
0: Yeah, I mean when oh. I I was growing up the the kind of fighting games, Tekken, Mortal Kombat. Ah, are, they, true. are they still there?
1: Yeah, so so they're they're very interesting. Yes, they do exist. There's a very specific scene for them, but but mostly outside of Europe. But yeah, there's still an entire genre about fighting games. However, on Twitch, they don't get great viewerships, you know, and then the tournaments are usually land-based small tournaments compared to the other tournaments.
0: And then is there, is there much crossover with the, the fans of these eSports titles? Is it kind of, again, not banding everyone together under this eSports title, but can you be a, a fan of, of all or a couple of them? Or do people really kind of focus in on one particular genre or, or title?
1: I would guess that the, that on average, you have an affinity for the space, but you probably hone down on one title. You know, probably not unlike uh, you know, if if you're a fan of football, you know, you might like the English Premier League the best, but then you probably also have some affinity to watch high-level Bundesliga, Serie A, Champions League, you know, and any other games you know associated to the sport. But we probably know, you probably know much more about your 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 favorite league than about any 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 other league.
0: And is that where you are is is quake are we talking is that a real-time rts game or is that does that no that's
1: a that's a shooter so the quick quake is a traditional shooter so so i come from the shooter scene uh but i the esports are you know like i, I played a lot of League of legends you know so i'm, I'm quite knowledgeable about League of legends and that's the one that i still like to watch very closely you know during this time of, of COVID-19, I actually have watched quite a lot of uh, Counter-Strike because there's a lot of good high-level tournaments going on, which I enjoy. So, I, I you know, the only esports I really don't watch that much is Dota. You know, but mainly because I don't understand Dota at, at, at a very high level. And uh, so it's hard to really get a good grasp about the action.
0: Well, I think what we'll do on this this podcast, as I mentioned at the top, is the intention is to kind of speak to to people from all different walks within the industry and anyone I know that that opening conversation is going to be fan led. It's you could talk all day about the, the types of games that people are in and, and where the passion comes from. But the specific reason we wanted to speak to you is to get that point of view of a bookmaker. Now I mentioned earlier that the pinnacle has been offering odds for, for over 10 years. I think, you know, much better than I do, but I think it was around kind of 2009 time that the first odds were posted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We started very early, you know, many of the traders, including myself, came come from an esports background, and, and so you know we threw odds up very very early before esports became popular
0: at all. And what was it? Was it kind of just chatter amongst yourselves that, that kind of led to? Yeah,
1: that I mean, it's it's guys being guys and, and and doing doing stuff, you know, just just for the fun of it. I mean, back in the day, probably we're happy if somebody bets bets any money on on these events, you know, like you know, like. Like, the limits that we're trading right now in esports are, you know, like, thousands of dollars of limits were, un- were unthinkable back in the day. We were happy if somebody bet bet $50 on an, on a game, got a, we got excited, you know? It was probably another another huge fan like us.
0: So do you remember the, the first sport or the first bet that you took on esports?
1: <laughs> I'm almost certain it must have been StarCraft. StarCraft is real-time strategy games, you know, one of the classic RTS games. You know, they... The, Starcraft was the first real esports that existed. You know, everything started with Starcraft. Starcraft was huge in Korea. Starcraft was dominant in in the viewerships. You know, basically, esports was synonymous with with, with playing Starcraft.
0: And now, obviously, since then, it's kind of just got, as you said, like no one could have ever imagined just how big it's got. But what was the the early action like did it kind of trickle in bit by bit and you began to see that oh maybe people are interested in this or was it a real slow burner and you kept doing it for a bit of fun and and it just sort of
1: very slow it? very slow burner took 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 years you know a few three four years before before it really started picking up and but once it started picking up it never slowed down and, and at that stage we actually knew i knew we had something special at our hands you know, every, every day, every week, every month, you know, the action was, was, was increasing. More and more people were coming to it. You know, the tournaments also in parallel got bigger and bigger. Twitch got great. You know, Twitch, A, got invented and then B, B actually got, became very, very popular and still is to this day. So you, you saw that, that, that with the rise of esports as what we now know esports is, you know, the, the, the betting also, also went parallel to it.
0: And those obviously the how wide the customer base is within esports betting, I guess, is like a, a gauge for how popular it is. But how quickly did you notice individuals kind of betting more and more and taking things more seriously as well?
1: It started very early, that that you know, some some of the people specialized in esports and then were betting every day. You know, also clearly had some had some decent modeling going on and were finding huge inefficiencies in our lines and so so we we had to grow up quite quickly then you know once once these people came in and started attacking our lines in a a, a very effective way
0: yeah because i guess as well back then there was a lack of or, or no kind of competition in in the market so how closely aligned or how long did it take for the the esports product to get closely aligned with the traditional offering in terms of giving those low margins and offering those high limits
1: took a took a little bit, you know. I mean, we were we were we were definitely trailblazers, and we we still are way ahead of the competition in terms of our esports offering. And when when you talk about limits and, and and that kind of stuff, there's not a single other bookmaker where you can bet thousands of dollars on esports, you know, with, without a problem. It's still it's still not it's still not in, uh, a sufficient market, obviously, as the big sports. But you know, it's only a matter of time until we get there.
0: And those when we were talking about, you kind of noticed that day to day week to week month to month it just kept growing and growing was there does one year kind of stand out for you as like the the point that you knew it was really going to take off and it then took more resources within pinnacle you you kind of made a real focus to to grow that that sector of our our offering
1: yeah you know it goes hand in hand like the more turnover the more the more you focus on it i don't think it was this particular breakout year maybe maybe 2014, you know, but I I don't think there was a, was a, was a breakout year. It just kept on growing and growing and growing. More good tournaments were popping up. The team's gotten better. You know, everything came together quite nicely.
0: And those, those days where it wasn't quite as, as big as it kind of could have been, did you always keep the faith or did you always kind of think that that there was potential there or did you, (laughs) do you begin to doubt it?
1: No, I I thought it was huge potential. Once, once I saw it, things uh, like streams on Twitch that had 80,000, 100, 150,000 viewers. I knew it, it would become big eventually. You know, there's so many people who who were watching esports, which means you know they're not they're not in it for playing esports. Then they're they're now considering esports a form of entertainment. I, I knew betting would pick up eventually.
0: And when it comes to the, the the trading of markets, you said that that one of the reasons you actually offered it in the first place is because there was a lot of fans within the trading team and and stuff like that. Was the was the knowledge of eSports key in the early days to kind of help Pinnacle, offer those markets, trade those markets, know how to react and things like that?
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. it also did help the traders like to watch uh, Twitch themselves. So there was a lot of Twitch on in our offices. A lot of people were, were spending their, their free time watching eSports, playing eSports. So yeah, that was tremendous help that we had a lot of knowledge of people around eSports. And
0: now obviously pinnacle's got a reputation of the the world's sharpest bookmaker obviously offering very efficient lines was the if you're the only one offering it and you're drawing that attention my guess would be that you kind of open yourself up to to get picked off or you you probably make mistakes along the way was was that the case with esports at pinnacle
1: yeah i mean there's no safety net when you're the market leader in something right there's nobody else that you can look to and, and, and 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 compare yourself to it was only us and to many degrees is but you know we're okay with this now it's it, it just you know in other markets then there, there are actually many bookmakers who, who do decent jobs so, so you have some confirmation esports you know you have, to, you have to you have to come up with with your own stuff all the time
0: and what were some of the the lessons you learned along the way or things you had to maybe change to to kind of keep the growth of esports steady and, and not kind of open yourself up to to massive losses
1: well the, the big change was that esports eventually became a life sport that was quite a big change. Esports in the beginning was just a pre-life sport. But yeah, with, with, with a trend in every single sport going into the life, you know, esports you know, was obviously following suit eventually. But that was a big a big change in, in how we had to treat esports. Because now you're talking about having proper feeds, having fast feeds, you know, reliable feeds. You know, it, it's a whole different ballgame, you know, trading life than trading free life.
0: Let's talk about the the growth of esports betting a little bit more and, and kind of honing on the the particular titles because I know at Pinnacle there's there's a select few right at the very top and then a few more lower down the the pecking order. Would, were the ones that are popular now? Did they kind of always jump out as the ones that showed the most potential? Because I know you mentioned StarCraft was an early front runner. Has the game been left behind? Is it what is it about yeah. betting?
1: So, so Starcraft is basically dead as an esports in my mind. The other three, you know, existed for a long time and and, and were great now. Uh yeah, were great then, now, and are still great now. Starcraft is the only notable one that really dropped, dropped from 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 Planet Earth. No, no one really watches Starcraft anymore.
0: And what was it about the? Because it's it's CS:GO, isn't it? It's Dota two, and it's it's League of Legends that are kind of yeah, right at the yeah. top. What is it about those games that? That make them so popular to bet on.
1: I, I don't think. I, I don't think it's, it's it's the popularity as a betting spot so much. It, it's just StarCraft in itself, you know, didn't um, took a lot of bad turns and 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 ruin their competitive scenes while while csgo league of legends and dota put a lot of effort into creating a nice competitive scene big tournaments huge money you know the organizers behind uh, uh, the makers of of the games put a lot of effort into creating an ecosystem around the esports while starcraft you know just
0: died out and you mentioned there about kind of the the viewership figures being a good marker is there any that that do jump out is potentially they have a high viewership, not so much betting volume or vice versa. They're they're quite low on the viewership, but actually people like to bet on it.
1: No, it, it's it's highly highly correlated. You know, the more viewers, the more betting. It, it's very it's a very simple formula. You know, there are some esports you know titles like especially the Battle Royale's which are now you know getting some interest in the betting industry. However, there you know, it's it's quite hard to make interesting markets for them just you know it's a you know it's 150 people or in the case of team you know, maybe 30 teams so it's quite hard to have interesting betting betting markets usually head-to-head betting markets are much nicer for people to to have an opinion on
0: and is there because i mean to me esports or or to a lot of people you say esports, and they'll think about obviously pc we know and, and people think xbox and ps4 am i right in thinking that PC is kind of more the, the higher end of a, an eSports player if your e- true eSports would be PC or, or do you think consoles do have some kind of role to play in within the ecosystem?
1: Well if you think about that most of the huge eSports titles are only on PC it's pretty clear that that eSports is still a PC driven environment however you know, nowadays every, every new game is, 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 is built with, with, with console players in mind and we we are already seeing the next generation, which is mobile games. You know, there's, there's tons of, tons of promising mobile game esports, and uh, and th- that will for sure be the future. It, it's unclear who's going to become the winner, but you know, in, in a, eventually people people are going to be professional athletes using their cell phone.
0: Now, on the, I mean, the the bookmaker is obviously the one that that offers odds, puts up the lines, and things like that, but. Thinking through the the eyes of a better for a second, why is it? Do you think people like betting on esports? Is it is it the same as things like soccer, basketball, tennis? Is it more about the entertainment side with esports than per se perhaps other sports?
1: I, I, th- I think yeah. I mean, it's very much the same. And then also additionally, esports is great to be betting on. There's so much action. You have you have 365, twenty four seven esports. You know, your teams are playing you know, almost all year long. You know, it's just fantastic sport to be betting on. You, you always find interesting things. You know, there's so many interesting betting options at this stage. You know, I, I think it's, it's it's one of the best betting betting sports that there is, period.
0: And is it, with eSports bettors and kind of traditional sports uh, bettors, people... Certainly, on the traditional side, people think that you need to be like an expert in the sport to to make money from betting on it. We've we've spoken before, and a lot of people on the podcast have said that isn't that isn't true. You've talked about traders for for soccer not needing to know too much about soccer, but with esports, would you say it's kind of more true that you need to know about esports in order to to be good at betting on it?
1: Yeah, my gut feeling would tell me, yeah, yes, you need to since esports. Have a lot of specificity in them, which which are not commonly found in other sports. Esports have a lot of intricate rule set, and so you really need to understand esports to to evaluate changes in the rules set and changes in in the environment and, and and be able to price them effectively.
0: And with the again kind of thinking about esports customers, bettors versus your your usual sports betting customers. Do you kind of, could you profile or, or is there any kind of discernible differences or traits that, that really stand out between the two?
1: Um, esports customers bet bet quite intensively on their title and also stick stick to a tournament. One Once they start betting a tournament, they often, they often like to bet the entire tournament length, which is quite long. The esports tournament can take 10 hours a day or you know, 12 hours a day, you know, depending on, on which tournament so so esports fans are very dedicated and they're very loyal to 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 their teams or sport
0: and do you think because there's because i know like csgo there's there's countless maps and rounds that you play and the the games are, are kind of full-on pretty constant and as you said the tournaments are full of endless games as well does it does that make it easier for a, a better and harder for a bookmaker or is it is it the other way around and because there's so much information out there the lines can be sharp and easier
1: I don't know. It's, it, I mean, it's quite a, quite quite fun, right? You can bet on the match, map one, map two, map three. Then you can bet on the individual rounds. There's just so much, so much, so much possibility to to express your opinion. I quite like it. You know, I think it's one of the best betting formats you you can possibly have.
0: And if we can, let's talk a little bit about the the challenges of, of perhaps offering esports. Because I said about. Pinnacle being the, the pioneer or the market leader has kind of opened itself up to to face some challenges, but what, what challenges for you have kind of arisen in the, the decade or so that, that Pinnacle has been offering eSports?
1: Well, we have fragmentation. You know, eSports is very fragmented, you know, inside a title yourself. You have many different tournaments, which means different streams, different rules, different Different everything, so it's it's actually very, very hard to keep up with esports on that. You know, now I think we're offering over 35 titles. That makes it very, very hard. You know, it's sometimes impossible to find information around the results of a game. You know, the start times of a game. Is this game pre-recorded? You know, is this game being played live? Are are the players in the game actually the players that they are supposed to be? You know, you know, some esports is, is 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 riddled with a with pitfalls, you know, it, it, it's it's an extremely really tough environment to navigate, and you know, that's why most people actually, you know, don't do well in esports. You know, it, it's just an, an expression. As a bookmaker, you 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 can open yourself up to to, to vulnerable positions very very easily. Um, integrity is an issue. You know, e- esports on the on the lower level has integrity issues. That that's that's no secret. Uh, a lot of work has been done in the last years. Good work, important work, and then things have gotten better. But at the lower level, it's still shaky ground sometimes. And if you're not experienced, you know, detecting this, if you don't have a great integrity team worker with yourself, you know, you you open yourself up to 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 being taken advantage of.
0: Well, just on the the kind of the integrity side of things, I know it's I think it's ESIK, isn't it, that that does a great a great deal of work. But obviously, I know myself as well that the pinnacle has to put measures in place and, and do things in order to to kind of combat the the issues of integrity. So could you just maybe talk a little bit about like what role a bookmaker plays in kind of safeguarding the integrity of esports?
1: Without bookmakers there's the the these shady individuals who get involved in, in manipulating games would wouldn't have an easy way from profit from from their bad deeds so as a bookmaker our job is to, to detect this to report it to you know work with the authorities to work with an institution like e you know and to protect our clients from from being uh victim of, of foul play which is quite quite challenging because you know you, you stand alone there right yeah you, yeah you know, you, you, it's our word against against somebody else's words. So, so we have to we work on together. You know, EASIC has been a great organization. I mean, uh, I've been around since the foundation of EC, You know, before it was actually founded. So, and, and they have done a great, great deal educating the tournament organizers, ad- educating the makers of the games that you know we need to all work together to combat match fixing.
0: And then, are you as a, as a bookmaker, are you kind of duty bound to to do that, or is it just something that you're? You want to put the the esports industry first and do whatever pinnacle can to, to help that, and therefore it's kind of done not as a I don't want to say goodwill, but just for the the benefit of the esports industry.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, a bit, that's a very complex question to answer, but but what I what you can say is like, as a bookmaker, your number one interest is that a sport is being played fairly, because you know that's when 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 people. Get the most enjoyment out of the sport. No one likes to see a game that has a that gives them a shady, uh, a shady aftertaste in their mouth. You know, so it's very important as a bookmaker to to be doing this kind of job. You know, most bookmakers actually do a great do great work nowadays, and then have understood that integrity is just part part of doing business. You know, you you got to protect the games. You got to you got to work with the authorities, and 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 you got to work against match fixing.
0: And one of the the other challenges that you mentioned there was kind of this idea of the kind of formalized structure within the industry about certain players are they playing in the game is the roster that actually plays the one that's kind of announced and things like that does that mean from a from a betting perspective are those that that the kind of within the industry and potentially have access to that information then can find an edge in and to to take advantage of and, and bet with the bookmaker to what they know and what the bookmaker doesn't know for want of a better way
1: yeah I mean that's, it's a slim line to walk. I mean, I mean, if if if, for example, a player would play instead of another player, you know but but would not change the name and it wouldn't be announced, that to me is no no different than match fixing in some ways. You know, like this this is information that should be public, and if it's hidden, it's hidden and you know often with malintention or at, at the least with carelessness.
0: And on the one of the other ones that you kind of mentioned a bit a bit earlier was the the live. Uh, esports betting and how that kind of made always like a marker for when things got really serious as a as a bookmaker I mean for me I, I, I've watched some of these esports and it's just it looks so crazy that there's so much going on when it comes to live esports trading and betting like how on earth do you do you keep track of what's going on Keep keep updating the markets and things like that
1: I don't know. It's it's not. It's no different. If I mean, if you would have never watched a rugby game in your life, it probably would also look crazy to you. Like you know, so many people chasing an egg around around the around the field. It's just you know, when when you're used to it, 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 it does make sense to you. You know how, how games is being played, what the phases are in. You know how offense how offense works, how defense works. You know you, you you get to get a good understanding and a good grip of what's happening in front of your eyes.
0: So, if you were kind of, I know you don't trade markets anymore, but if you were on a day you go into the office and you're told, right, you're you're going to trade today, is is esports the the sport that you'd pick to trade purely because you you enjoy oh, yeah. watching yeah. it?
1: Yeah, I would I would trade esports. Yeah. I, I I love esports.
0: And is there a, a rank in terms of the the kind of difficulty of these markets? Not to not to badmouth soccer traders or or tennis traders, but but would you say that esports is is more difficult to trade?
1: it's certainly not an easy sport to trade for sure you know you need to have a lot of knowledge about esports you know it's it's, it's a long sport to trade that's on top of it you know, you're not getting off uh, easily you know some games take very very long so you gotta gotta if you don't enjoy it, it it's also a very hard sport to trade yeah because there's so much going on in front of your eyes and if you don't understand the intricacies you know you, it's hard to get really involved in, in the game
0: and how long does it kind of take to to understand those intricacies because i know Maybe as a fan, just to understand the game, you're probably talking not not too long. As a as a better as a trader, though, you need really need to get to to an expert level. So, are we talking kind of years and years of kind of constant stream watching and stuff like that, or is there some that that it can just kind of click with and you get it straight away?
1: Some people just have have a good understanding about how how a game translates to numbers, right? It's a question around numbers. Like how how do you translate what what you see in, in, in into a line, and some people are just naturally gifted, some people have a harder time. So it's it's very it's very hard for me to to give you like a, a number. You know, it does take it does take a while, but you know it's nothing that people can't learn.
0: And I know people that kind of one of the reasons we wanted to do this this podcast is because there's a lot of um, a lot of news and stuff out there that, that people maybe don't actually understand what esports is. And I've seen a lot of comments on on Twitter from. What would normally be sports betting or sports bettors kind of talking about their their observations with esports and the fact that I know a lot of people are talking about how volatile or how how crazy the odds movement is within esports. Is that something that you you see as a bookmaker as well?
1: It's it's not nearly as bad as people make it sound anymore. Yeah. I think people have flashbacks from five, six years ago. Odds are decently stable at this stage. I mean this. It's not EPL, you know. It's not the Premier League. It's not the NBA. It's not the NFL, you know. That, that that that's for sure. But it's not as bad as people think it is anymore.
0: And is that is that to do, or was that when it was quite bad? Is that to do with the the action that you're taking, the betters that are getting involved, or is it just to do with how the games are played out themselves?
1: Well, no. I mean, I mean, a less sophistication in creating the line, and B, you know, less less confidence in the lines you know give and also not, not enough action to, to 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 really get to an effective line quickly it, it, it's a classic trading problem now now there's a lot of good action on, on the lines and most lines are rather stable
0: and when we're looking at if we kind of new games that are coming out i think you mentioned the figure of 30 odd 35 odd titles that that pinnacle pinnacle offers whose job is it to to keep an eye on kind of what's coming out and, and decide whether something's worth offering a line for or not.
1: Yeah, if there's a big tournament we offer a line I mean it's as simple as that you know it, it, it's a question is there a big tournament is there a professional scene now we start throwing up some lines and if they stick if people have interest in them then then we continue offering
0: them. And have you found in the the current climate that it's some of these I mean I, I noticed the other day something about like the Grand National is doing like a a virtual version i know we're not going <laughs> to call that esports but i know there's yeah. um there's like a boxing world boxing super series that's done virtually and things like that so some of these it seems like they don't have time to to build those big events is there still an interest in putting those up for people or or is it just yeah like a,
1: a... i mean given these times we, we, we started trading fifa you know quite 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 a lot. You know, the interest is low, but you know, if it picks up, I mean, I'm, I'm not discriminating against anything, you know, like uh, I, I like to offer what, what, whatever people, uh, whatever people like to bet on.
0: Right. Let's, let's kind of look ahead now to the, the future as well. What does, for you, what does the, the future have in store for eSports betting, do you think? Just how, how big can it get?
1: Much bigger. I think it has a chance to become much bigger than, than it is. I only I only think it's going to grow, you know, for, for the next years. More and more tournaments, more and more professional teams. You know, more and more people are watching online. I, th- I think esports is is it's going to get bigger and and, and and not smaller.
0: And we've gone from pinnacle being one of, if not the first, to to offer esports odds, the market leader. We now see some some fairly well-known names within the industry offering esports. Do you think we'll see more and more? I think everyone
1: biggest... for sure. Everybody's going to offer esports,
0: but not not just offering it. Do you think they'll take it more seriously in terms of how it's marketed to customers and and trying to attract more bets on it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, people will will, will see during this time, you know, that esports, you know, esports is actually quite an important part of of, of your offering to the clients. You know, your clients want esports. Your clients demand esports. You know, COVID nineteen just amplified this. You know, and, and put it on the on the forefront to, to, for many bookmakers. That, you know, nowadays it's the only thing that that's been still playing. You know, so uh, I, th- I think we're going to see many of the traditional, probably more conservative bookmakers also also starting in heavy investment in esports.
0: So you think this this kind of spike that's come about because of the the current situation is that? Obviously, it's not going to maintain that spike, but do you think that's going to keep the the levels even higher than what they would have been before, or do you think we'll return back to to where we were?
1: I think we're going to get slightly higher, you know, from a bookmaker perspective, because now more people, you know, you know, are integrated and, and, and have, have gotten the first taste of esports and, and probably will will keeping on to nurture it.
0: And where does the where does esports currently rank? Kind of this. We'll kind of take the last couple of weeks out of it. If we say that the first couple of months, of the year or, or last year, whereabouts is esports at, at pinnacle in terms of popularity? Somewhere in the top four. I don't
1: know. I don't really know. Number three, number four.
0: And what can it? Can it get to to number two? Number one? Number, one, number two
1: is is achievable. Number one is a tough one because you're talking football, then obviously. Yeah, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can reach number one. Football is still still predominant in the world. Well. Yeah? But let's see. I mean, I, you know, it needs to grow a lot to 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 achieve that, though.
0: And how how do you think it does it does grow? Does it just kind of maintain what it's doing, like keep building the tournaments up, keep absolutely. building the the scene up?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, only grassroots effects. You know, keep building the tournaments, increase the price pool. You know, more professional teams will come in, more advertisement will come in, more viewership will come in. You know, it it it, it goes round and round and round.
0: And as a I guess as a bookmaker, what do you kind of want to see? in the future from the the e-sports industry or or esports bets.
1: Oh, I'm I'm just I'm just happy to be part of the ride to be quite honest. You know, I don't want to see anything specifically.
0: And as a as a fan, do you want to see the return of, of Quake 2 or a big
1: Quake 2 scene? <laughs> no. No, I, mean, I would I would like to see a a really really good single-person shooter now it's all team shooters but i guess you know it, i i don't think it's it, it's likely anymore i think people don't don't really appreciate single-person shooters anymore you know five, five you know squad shooters just you know have more action and this is what people care about
0: so if we do get that that single-person shooter your your e <laughs> career that you were dreaming of yeah. could, could come about yeah. I'm gonna reboot it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. I think we've done. A, I don't know if there's anything from you. I mean, we've we've kind of touched upon obviously the the past at pinnacle, how things grew, and the the current landscape and everything like that, and potentially what we might see in the future. I don't know if Marco, there's anything that that you want to add or you kind of want to talk about that our listeners might find useful. Mm.
1: No, it's all right. You know, happy, well, happy eSports watching, everybody.
0: You know? There you go. And, and thanks, Marco, for coming on. We do really appreciate it. And hopefully our, our listeners have learned a lot about eSports today.
1: All right. Sounds great. All right, talk to you later, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: Cheers. And thanks to everyone for listening. We have got another episode coming up for you soon where we'll speak to one of the biggest players in the eSports data world. In the meantime, you can head to Pinnacle's eSports hub to learn more about eSports. And obviously you can follow at Pinnacle eSports on Twitter as well. Thanks for listening and bye for now.